welcome to Tales, Tunes, and Tom Fullery, starring Jerry Springer, along with Gene Galvin and me. I'm Megan Hills. We're recorded live in front of a brilliant studio audience at the Folk School Coffee Parlor in Ludlow, Kentucky. My daddy came home. And here he is, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. Jerry Springer. Oh, gosh. You know, that is... It's so nice how you, you got put a that mister. Mister, yeah, the mister is nice. Because I, no, I missed you. Yeah, no one at work ever says mister. I believe that. Yeah, they say, hey, you. <laughs> hey, what a week. What a week. And by the way, it's so wonderful, first of all, to have Megan Hills back. Because Aww, yes. thanks. We were way, way off our game without Megan. But Megan, we do have to ask you. <laughs> we were we off really... our game every week because you're never here. I'm no. always here. Well, no, I've never seen someone take more. We've been doing this for not even a year yet, and you've had about... 15 weeks of vacation. <laughs> I've had to work mostly. Most of the time that I'm not here, I've Is that where you were? So is that no, where you were last week? No, this time was not work. Well, this where was were you last vacation. week? And then we'll decide if it's Well, I was, in, I was in Belize and Cozumel oh, and uh, Key West. Really? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was tough. tough. It was tough. Tough work. So you were on a... Were you on that cruise where the, like, the boat turned upside down? No, like that was Titanic not... Titanic and no, stuff? No, that and, was... It was crazy that we did have some bad... Not that the bad. They had the 23, 30-foot waves. We didn't have that. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, no, we run it, down it, there. Apparently, when you got your master's degree in HR and human resources, mm -hmm. you must have learned the negotiation tricks Mad that people would do skills. on you. And then you're now using those on us as to how to get the vacation days that we don't get I, I and had the it personal into leave the days. And yeah, yeah, I had it worked yeah. in. So it's it's just just it's just easier that way. We don't have to fight about it later on. I, you yeah. didn't you didn't do that, Gene? I, I take uh, it. I, I, Gene no, gets I, no I, vacation. No one explained to me that they love That's you the most you. on the first day of your job. <laughs> it's all After downhill that, from there. After that, it's like all downhill. <laughs> no, you got to lock it up before you walk in the door, or no, it's it's bad. Gene, you weren't loved on the first day of the job. No, I think you're right. Even on that first day. Yeah, I said this is not going to work out. As we as we're doing this, there's yeah. a primary uh, going on in New Hampshire. Yeah, yeah. So we're going to probably get some results as 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 this is going on. And and that, and that speaks to the fact that uh, we are now streaming live. Yes. So probably most people still hear this in the archive versions. That's fine. Please keep coming back. But if anyone wants to hear current takes on things, pretty much as they're happening, at least if it's on a Tuesday night that we're here recording at the Folk School Coffee Parlor. They can do that now. You simply yes. go to jerryspringer.com. If you're listening to an archive version on an app of some sort on your cell phone, if you go to jerryspringer.com, the website, or do that on your phone, you can then just click listen live according to the calendar that we'll put up there, the schedule. Yeah. And people can get the yeah, take. Go I'm to the website. turn my Don't... cell phone down, off. I think it's yeah. really good. You know, Megan, yeah. you always tell the people in the audience, yeah. turn off your cell phones. And I don't do it. No, you don't. But I never get any calls anyway. Yeah, let me so turn my phone down. You know? Oh, my God. I'm going to throw it yeah. away. Let's see. Yeah, and Jerry's turning his down. Frank, I think you are laughing. <laughs> because it's the first phone ever made. <laughs> it's uh, it's a, a flip phone. And as I say on several occasions that you've noticed that, is that I can even be in another state. And if you call, if I call you on this phone, you could hear me. It's amazing. That's amazing. This technology is just yeah. unbelievable. blowing me away. Yeah. Hey, by the way, and you guys know I'm Catholic, and I went to confession last Saturday, as I do every Saturday, and I confessed. Uh, Don't you have to go on Sundays? 
No, I'd go to confession on Saturday, and I was talking to my cousin. He needs needs the extra day. Yeah, he needs the extra day. My cousin was coming out of the confessional, and he says, man, he says, I I just uh, confessed, and and, uh, he said, I got to admit, went in there and told the priest that uh, the big sin of this week is uh, I committed adultery. And the priest said, uh, really, was it Julie Sims? And he said, no, 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 you know, I'm not going to. And he said, well, was it uh, Karen Edwards? And he said, no, 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 I, I, I'm not going to divulge who it was. And, and I said to my cousin, well, did you get absolution? Which means at the end they give you penance and they say your yeah. sins mm-hmm. are forgiven. And uh, he said, yeah, I got absolution and I got two good leads. Uh, anyway, um, <laughs> so, I, so anyway. I like that one. <laughs> anyway. I do. <laughs> So anyway, Jerry, <laughs> I, I tried to go on a website where it says jokes, yeah, uh-huh. but you can't get it on this phone. No, I don't think you can. <laughs> yeah, you don't get the jokes. I really did like that one, Gene. I'm sorry. Thanks, Megan. Hey, yeah. by the way, Jerry. Well, speaking of, uh, uh, no, I'm not going to speak of adultery, but. No, don't. No, but. That's not. You know. Yeah. I don't know what your what? situation, but my wife always likes. Um, no, she she always likes talking after sex. Yeah, yeah. Does she? In fact, last night she called me from Cleveland. Ah, but i Hey, by the way, uh, <laughs> is hey, this by- thing on? <laughs> Testing one two. Why do I pick on Cleveland? I want to tell you something. What? Uh, do you guys know about political correctness? Yeah. Yes. And and it's become. Do Do you really though? Yeah, does really? He, Do he you doesn't know act like he does, does he, Megan? <laughs> Political correctness <laughs> is something that I think is a good thing because it gets us to behave in ways that are culturally more acceptable than maybe in the past. And I was having this conversation with my wife recently, and she re- reminded me of something that I actually also saw. My wife is a dance teacher and a professional dancer. And throughout her career, there have been times when she's been hired as a contractor to come in and choreograph things. So she got... We have dancers on our show. Yeah, I, yeah you do, don't you? Different kind of dancers, yeah. Jerry. Oh, there, by the way, oh. there's a 13-year-old girl in the audience <laughs> here tonight who's going to perform in the next episode, Jerry. Yeah. So Ballet. let me appeal Lock now. it up. Just, just dial it down. Lock it up, Springer. That's yeah, enough. Right. Who started with... Not me. You started. No, I you did not. No, I, I did not. horrible now. <laughs> Political correctness. Hey, by the way, <laughs> my wife gets hired to choreograph this commercial. The commercial was shot in a store, women's clothing store, for petite sizes, this goes back a ways. The store yes. is not around anymore, but there were multiple um, locations for this store. My wife goes in. I drove her to this shoot. It was on a Sunday, and this was actually on a Sunday. This, they closed the store to shoot the commercial. We walk in. The advertising guy who did it, you know, I won't, I'm not going to name his name. My wife goes in and says, all right, what's the deal? And he says, well, there is a jingle it will be played in a minute. This is going to be shot in this location. There are these two women here who are dancers, and they will actually, they're going to dance and sing. The music will play. And uh, I want you to give them some motions. And she said, fine, let, let me hear the song. The song, I, I'm not going to sing it, but the song went like this. Uh, now remember, it's for petite-sized women. A little of this, a little of that, don't come in if you are fat, but do come in if you are slim. What? Can you imagine that? 
That really was. That really was. Are you kidding? Commercial. Wow. And we were trying to figure out if that ever could be. (laughs) It's the theme. Actually, it's it's the theme song for Trump's campaign. (laughs) (laughs) Those were the words. What year was that, Gene? Uh, in the 1980s, 70s, maybe, maybe 70s. See, that still maybe seems 70s. too recent to have that It does. Say, it feels kind of recent. Yeah, though. that's crazy. And, and when the guy did the song and we kind of looked at him, like, or even then, yeah. are you kidding me? And they did it, and she took the money and ran, and the commercial was on uh, for a short period of time, by the way, because even then it may have gotten a lot of pushback. We're now, worried, because that's wrong mm-hmm. have you given the money back i uh well of course Testing we did one, two, yes. your mic's on. Well, yes of course go? we did of course. we returned it a month ago yes yeah. it's a good point it's a good point and the answer is you yes we did money. return it we returned it. hey uh yes so recently there was the super bowl i go to a Super Bowl party in Florida yes you're at the super bowl party yes i am for the Panthers, Boo. and I'm the only person have out you, of about a hundred and have you ever been on the winning side of anything? No, <laughs> no. no, no, you. I was the only person loser. in that total place that was for Cam Newton and the Panthers. Not well, true, sure, because they were the favorites, and you always go with the front runners. And Man, I didn't see. Yeah, but you were anything. the only one that. Yeah, because yeah. it was a beautiful poetic story. Yep. to see Peyton Manning, what I think will be his last game. You know, going out as a winner, a champ, and all that. So it, yeah. it, it was poetry. But Cam Newton, phenomenal, did not handle it well no, at all. No. And, and, and it's kind of like, and some people are making excuses for him. He's young and all that. You know what? You get paid $20, $30 million. You get all these... Uh, commercials you get this wonderful life you're surrounded by advisors and everything like that you want to be the leader he's the mvp of the league take some responsibility that was a test of character Mm -hmm. because anybody can be gracious and funny when they win i'm gracious and funny all the time (laughs) (laughs) but how do you handle it if you're like Gene, if you lose? <laughs> yeah, right. No. And he just walked yeah. away oh, from, well. the, from the press conference. That was, I mean, it's not a major issue in the world, but you yeah, know it was what? Disappointing, though. It's disappointing, It's this whole thing of entitlement. Well, let me just, take the other side of that for just a second. Hey, the uh. guy plays football. He's paid for what he does between the lines. He played. They lost. I thought thought he played poorly. I couldn't believe he didn't jump on the ball in the fourth quarter Seriously. when they were down one uh, yeah. score. Yeah. But do these players really have an obligation to go out and to? I mean, if he wants the endorsements, then I agree with you. He's got to play. And that's the, game. the point. If I he agree wants with the you. endorsements, I don't but, think as a parent we should ever tell our kids that the role models are athletes or no. any celebrity. No, no, the role model should be the parents. Donald Trump, politicians and, and <laughs> folks like yeah. that. Yeah. So, yeah. no, I agree with that. But if you on your own decide that you want to be a spokesperson yeah. for the league, well, you want to have all these commercials, you want to have the, uh, what's it called when he puts his head in his elbow and that's become the Heisenberg, new... The, the, uh, what, yeah. yeah. Um, but anyway, so he's become this folk hero and he wants to do that and make a huge living at yeah. it. 
Well, then that comes with responsibility. You've stepped outside the lines. You've become this celebrity. He does this dance in the, in the end zone every time he scores. Right. You know, yeah. and that's saying, look at me, look at me. Well, if you ask people to look at you, then, you know, you better get your act together. And I think he deserves all the criticism he's getting. It doesn't mean he's not a great football player. He'll still have a great career. Again, it's a trivial issue. But for kids that are watching that, and I can tell you because the people at my show are, are young. You know, they're all college-age kids, that kind of thing. that come yep. to the show or whatever. And they're all doing the, you know, they really love this Cam Newton and, and, and the whole thing that he's doing now. And yet young people watch that and they say, is that how you handle defeat? Is that how you handle? I mean, it's only a symbol. It's not the world. It's only football. But it's just, you know, it's a representative of how we should behave when things go well and things go bad. And I, I just thought the words. Well, I'll give you a comparison, and I'm not going to make a joke here, but I have watched you and Megan, you have too, as we've worked with Jerry. He is very, very gracious, always. Oh, yes. We goofed around the last episode about one occasion when you got distracted by the Yankees, <laughs> bottom of the ninth. We were not going to revisit that, but where you turned into a nasty, nasty Diva. man. <laughs> but no, nasty, normally nasty you are... For He's whatever your motivation gracious. is, you are conscious of fans. And, yeah, so there's, you could make that argument. What did you yeah. think of Beyonce, Jerry? Um, well, I, I, I thought she was great. I loved the, the song was Formation that she did and her dance. I mean, she, she's obviously this incredible talent. Here's what I liked, and then I'll tell you what I didn't like. I happened to be watching afterwards – uh, one of these uh, cable news shows. I honestly don't remember what network it was. I'm sure it wasn't Fox, but um, one of the cable networks. And they had Rudy Giuliani on, and they were complaining, all of them, that this was too political. That, you know, because the song and the dance she did was singing about and dancing about what it is to be black in particularly the southern part of America. They were wearing the Black Panthers beret. Um, it clearly was a, a form of art that reflected what many blacks go through in America. And Giuliani's complaint, and also these talking heads that I expected more from, they were all saying things like, uh, you know, this is the Super Bowl, this is America, this is we're on stage, can we not be political? And the nerve... Because we're fine if it's political representing white America and everything that we like or what's going on in our lives. We bring out the American flag. Everything is, you know, the, the biggest moment is who's going to sing the national anthem and all that. We're constantly making statements about our country. Well, if we're going to show the world our country at, at halftime in the Super Bowl, then let's also show what a good portion of Americans, what they deal with. And not as white people start commenting on what they should feel. That's the worst part. The worst part about race in America today is we who are white, we too often, and I plead guilty too, you got to catch yourself because we don't have the black experience. We are too often telling blacks what they should feel, what they should think. Why, you know, when someone is upset with you, or when someone is upset, you never say to the person, what are you crying about? 
If someone is upset or angry or crying, take it as a given that they're hurting. And then see, are we in a position to do something about that pain? But don't comment on how could you express yourself? You have no reason to be upset. Who are we to say that someone else doesn't have a reason to be upset? They're obviously upset. And, you know, black lives matter. How many times do you hear white people say, what are they doing? You know, just stop it. Come on. This is the best, greatest country in the world and uh, land of opportunity and all that. Well, the people that are part of that group, they are not happy. They do not think things are going well for them. So let's discuss how life can be better, not how dare you feel bad. How dare you express what your view is? If we could just start doing that, you don't ever tell your kid who's crying, you know, stop your crying. You have nothing to cry about. You know, if you're, you're married, you don't ever tell your spouse, what are you upset about? You know, if you do, you're going to pay for that the rest of the month. You know, what I always tell guys is, you know, if, 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 if your wife is yelling at you, what she's yelling about is not what she's really upset about. It's probably something that has been building up that you haven't been paying attention to. And where guys always get screwed up is we always start arguing the details. Yeah. I did take out the garbage. Well, she's not angry at you because you didn't take out the garbage. She's angry at you that for the last two weeks you've been gone or not paying attention or worried about your golf game and stuff like that. Why am I looking at you when I'm saying that? <laughs> You feel guilty. <laughs> I got off topic here we were talking about <laughs> the football thing anyway Beyonce you go get them if you've got a message go get them I just got upset about that that's all hey go. by the way and as we mentioned before we're streaming live so we're doing this podcast for those listening to live on the night of the New Hampshire primary and it looks like Whoa. as we speak that as as predicted Bernie Sanders has won the New Hampshire primary yeah, Bernie, yes. go Bernie. Good for him. Uh, and, and maybe by a comfortable margin. I mean, I'm just trying to pull this up now off of uh, Huffington Post as my source. Uh, and I don't know yet, but I'll do some checking, Jerry, because yeah. you might want to speak to this or the primary in general. I don't know. Did yeah. you, you had some comments you yeah, wanted yeah. to make about yeah, it. Yeah. So uh, have at it and let me do some checking while you're doing that. Oh, okay. Um, first of all, on the Democratic side, it's a wonderful feeling for Sanders supporters, but I think it's pretty fair to say that you can't draw any lessons from the New Hampshire primary or even the Iowa primary on the Democratic side. And the reason for that is that New Hampshire and Iowa are almost exclusively white. And the great base of the Democratic Party includes a huge amount of African-Americans, Hispanics, etc., until Bernie Sanders shows that he can win among minorities, then it's going to be nice that he won New Hampshire and Iowa, and he's going to feel good about that, and the young people are going to feel good about that, and people who are very liberal are going to feel good about that. You know, you can't yet be figuring out what the curtain should be at the White House because there are a lot of steps to go through before that happens. Having said that, as I said on a prior week, and don't get angry with me, but I, I still and I could be wrong, but I still can't conceive that Bernie Sanders will be the next president of the United States. And for this reason, and I'm not talking about the merits of him on the issues, because I love him on the issues, but these kind of things happen. If Hillary just 
implodes, if it happens, I'll give three possibilities. The first is, if it looks like Sanders in the next two months might be the Democratic candidate, my guess is Michael Bloomberg gets into the race. Uh, Michael Bloomberg is very liberal on some issues. You know, the former mayor of New York, three-term mayor, Bloomberg News. I mean, he's, he's very bright, very successful entrepreneur, media, etc. But he's obviously part of Wall Street, and he's, he's a real, real capitalist. He's great on guns. He's the anti-gun guy, and he's great on the environment, climate change. I mean, he's got some real liberal social positions. But he, from his point of view, could not tolerate a, uh, a democratic socialist uh, being in the White House. And as a result, he would enter the presidential race as an independent. If he runs, I will argue that guarantees a Republican president, even if it's someone like Trump. The reason being, there are no states that went Republican against Obama, for example, that are suddenly going to vote Democrat for a socialist. It just isn't going to happen. And certainly not a very liberal Democrat or socialist who is anti-gun. I mean, can you imagine going to Idaho? Can you imagine going to Texas? Can you imagine the states that Republicans win 70% of the vote? So he's not going to take any votes away, any states away, I should say, from the electoral votes that the Republican candidate gets. He could take votes away from the Democrats. And if he takes just one or two states, or he won't win any states, but if he takes enough votes away from Bernie Sanders, then that state, which was very close and just barely, for example, Florida, that maybe just barely went for Obama or would barely go Democrat, he's going to take enough votes away that all of a sudden the Republican wins that state. The Republican wins Ohio. The Republican wins uh, you know, Florida, some of these close states, Pennsylvania. And that's why if Hillary falls apart before the end of March, because that would be the deadline for, for uh, Michael Bloomberg to enter the race, if she falls apart before then, you're going to see Bloomberg in the race, and that, I'm afraid, will guarantee a Republican president. If it's close between the two of them, all the way down to the convention— then it's too late for him to get in the race. The second thing is, I want to be wrong. But if you held a gun to my head and said, you got to be right or you're dead, I have, I can't conceive, and maybe it's my age, because you know, I'm thinking McGovern and how I went crazy for McGovern, you know, how I went crazy for Ted Kennedy against Jimmy Carter. So I've always been out there but I can't imagine America at this point voting for a Democrat socialist. I just don't see that. If I'm wrong, wonderful. The third item to think about is today there was testimony before the, uh, the Intelligence Committee on the Senate, which is a misnomer. <laughs> Why would you call any politician's committee intelligence? But the serious part about it was the testimony was about how there were 60 terrorist 
uh, activities within the United States last year, 60 that they caught. They said today in the testimony they think something is going to happen this year. They're going to keep trying to stop them all, but they think there's now that ISIS has said they're aiming to get the United States, not just Europe. All I'm saying is if there's any terrorist act, I think the voters all of a sudden will go for, on the Democratic side, they're more likely to go for someone with foreign policy experience, so they probably would go for Hillary. On the Republican side, they'll go for one of those macho guys. And I'm not saying this good, but I'm, I'm just saying that's what the reaction's going to be. We'll talk about the economy as long as people don't think there's a terrorist threat. If there is something, even a minor 9-11, all of a sudden everyone's going to be afraid again, and we're going to want, well, the country's going to go in a different way. So I don't see Bernie Sanders as president of the United States if America is, or people feel America may be under attack. That, I think, is reality. I'm not trying to convince anybody not to vote for Bernie Sanders, okay? And I mean that. My own family is voting for Bernie Sanders. I just have believe that if he's the candidate, a Republican, for the reasons I just gave, um, the most important one being Michael Bloomberg getting in the race, um, I think a Republican will wind up being president. This go-round, old-school analyses have failed us, us, you as well, you and I as yeah. well. I mean, we didn't think Donald Trump. It could be, Jerry, that even our traditional analysis yeah. of Bernie Sanders, when we repeatedly say a Democratic Socialist can't be elected president, I'm not so sure that the deck isn't being shuffled totally, that all bets are off, all voting habits are changing, the information people are getting is coming through a new way. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, all you know, social media. It could be that if we keep thinking, well, Bernie Sanders can't win as a Democratic Socialist, uh, I, I'm not so Actually, I'm not so sure I'm concerned about that. I'm more curious about his connectability across the country. How likable is he perceived? How I think he's totally likable. Okay, well, I think he's well, yeah, I think well he's totally likable. He comes across as uh, totally honest and uh, every you know, he's everyone's uncle or grandfather or whatever. I mean, I, I, you know, image-wise, he's the jackpot. But remember, and this is true of both primaries. We're talking about a very special universe. You know, he's very popular within the Democratic universe, as Trump is very popular within a Republican universe. But eventually there's a general election. Persuadable voters. That's where right. you and I know that's and where it's always won. Persuadable voters. People that can go this way or that way, have gone this way, have gone that way. And, and well, but let, let's say it's uh, Donald Trump and Bernie Sanders. I mean, it could be that. Yeah. It could be that. And then what happens to the persuadable voters? Do they go, think about this for a second, do they go farther left than they've ever been for a guy, and I think you've hit it just right on the head, he's likable, he's honest, there's no BS to this guy, and yet he's a democratic socialist, Well, which he will have to continue to define to the voters, to the persuadable voters. And if they're choosing between that, somebody who is farther left than they've ever gone, and a guy who is brash, politically incorrect, uh, vain, vulgar, and a celebrity TV show guy, 
I don't know which way they would go, those persuadable voters. The right wing will go with Trump. The left wing will go with Sanders. But if that became the, the race, which way do you think they go? Do you think they go to Trump versus Sanders? Remember, most of the governors are still Republican. Congress is overwhelmingly Republican. Right. So the political establishment, they're out of favor right now, but they probably think they can deal with Trump, that he's crazy and, and rude and all that. But when the cameras are off, he lives in a, in a real world of dealing with powerful people. Bernie is talking about a revolution. Anyone who is having a pretty good life in America will suddenly start to think twice about, do I really want a revolution? Because I don't know what happens well, with there, the revolution. Well, he isn't uh, the only revolutionary I, I, thing I've heard I'm being him a pessimist. Talk about. I don't think America will vote, maybe in 10 years. But with this Republican Congress, what piece of legislation that Bernie is for do you think this right-wing Republican Congress is going to pass? I'm with you on that, but Not I'm asking piece. the question, which way will the persuadables go, that center group? And I think given that choice, the only revolution I'm hearing Bernie Sanders talk about, this is going to sound like a rap on him, but it's how I see it, is dealing with student loan debt, which is very popular among kids, and single-payer health care, which I would be for anyway. Sure making it a Medicare kind of deal for everybody, anybody who wants to be part of it. I don't know that he's not really talking about revolution like Cuba or China, where we're going to confiscate private property. Let me, you want to talk revolution, yeah. taking guns away, confiscate private property, Take putting Cincinnati, opponents Ohio, in jails. Right yeah. here, you, you know, Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, Ohio. And by the way, I'm in favor of what Bernie uh, Sanders is asking for in terms of the students and healthcare, okay? I'm in favor of it, so this is not a discussion about, but maybe there's a new Cincinnati that I don't remember, but we have to be honest. If you are gonna say free college education for all students, even those who come from families that could well afford to pay something, yep. but he's not saying that. And then you have to ask yourself, by the way, who's gonna pay the professors? Who's going to pay for all the people who, who yep. work in these universities? You know, it's, it's nice to say free, but obviously someone has to pay. No one's going to work for nothing. So free college education and uh, Medicare for everybody. It is dishonest to say that there won't be a significant, significant tax increase yeah. for virtually all Americans. We can't just say the 1%, and I'm living up there, I admit, but you could take all the money from the 1%, and you wouldn't come anywhere close to paying for all of this. So let's just be honest, and I'm in favor of it. But if you're going to have Medicare for everybody plus free college for everybody, everybody's taxes, that means everyone who earns a living, you know, gets paid for a job, Everyone's taxes are going to go significantly up. And rather than get in an argument, just ask yourself, with the people of Cincinnati, just where we are now, northern Kentucky, are those people really going to vote for that? They might say so at a cocktail party or at the bowling alley, but when they're in that voting, man, I can't afford another couple of thousand dollars. That's, nah, I got to vote no, no one will know.
politics is choices, though. Do they yeah. then turn to Donald Trump, who carries with him a whole other set of, oh, my God, I can't go that way either. I mean, what it might do is drive down. By the way, the political- They may go for Trump because, I think, because Trump is not an ideologue. He's just crass and rude. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. But he's not an ideologue. You know, no, I he's, mean, not. That, he's not. The people probably think we can work. We'll shut our ears. We won't let our kids listen to Trump. But, you know, they probably think they can deal with him. The Congress yeah. can deal with him. You know, that's what I think. Would you agree that the political establishment, though, uh, is represented by uh, is that your flip phone going no, off? It's, it's that's this flip phone going off. Oh didn't we all, didn't we all just turn off our cell phones? You saw me do it. Are you serious? Oh, I have a flip phone. Honey, now I'm, he's getting, now he's on the phone. Here, Katie, I, I, I'm is on the Katie? yeah. I, I'm on, on the. Can we put uh, her on the air? Can I pull you back right after the podcast? Hi, Katie. It's great. Okay, I, I love you. Bye. <laughs> okay. Oh wait, now I got to call my wife. Yeah. <laughs> well, what area code is two one six? Oh my God! Did you Cleveland? It's Cleveland. Did you hey, really not turn that phone off? Are I you serious? That was yeah, you referenced the political establishment before. The political establishment, shockingly, this go round is dead. It's dead. That is the point. That's how Trump just won New Hampshire, and that's how Bernie Sanders just won New Hampshire. The political establishment in both parties are trying to stop these guys, both political establishments in both parties. I'm saying middle America would stop yeah. that. That's what I'm saying. Oh, I'm with you. That's where I want I to go just, the persuadable yeah. voters. Which way are they going to I think tilt? middle America, and I'd like to think that I'm wrong, but I, I think this younger generation in about 10 years will have a new set of values. And I think they, I think we will move closer to socialism. I believe that that's, you know, the whole, the company that owns the show that we started is called liberals always win. So I think in the end we win. I just don't think it happens overnight. And I think right now, the people that are still voting, I haven't seen evidence. I see too many school levies that are defeated. I mean, you know, if you can't vote for a school levy, where are you going to get people to, you know, to vote, you know, really big increases in their taxes? And I and we have to be honest because it, it, it's too easy to say I'm for free college and I'm for Medicare for everybody and then pretend that it's not going to raise our taxes. Just well, be honest will, and say I'm willing to pay higher taxes for it then. He will, he will be, That's I believe fair. that Bernie Sanders will be forced, especially if he gets traction after New Hampshire, if he's competitive in South Carolina, it's the industrial states I'm curious about, and even some stuff out West. He will be forced, I believe, Jerry, to have to explain two things, I think. One, he'll continue to have to explain what does democratic socialism mean. It does not mean taking people's private property, taking their guns, jailing opponents. It doesn't mean what it means in North Korea, Cuba, China, etc. Number two, he's going to have to explain how it helps persuadable voters and doesn't bankrupt them. That's on him. And everybody who supports uh, Bernie Sanders, we all have to be... Everybody has to get busy to get over that hump, or I could totally agree with you. He won't get voters from Northern Kentucky, Cincinnati, uh, places, yeah. you know, Des Moines, Iowa, et cetera. And I am saying— Flint, Michigan, I, et cetera. I totally agree with you. And I would add to that that there is no explanation, because if there were an explanation, 
He would already have given it. Why go through this? If he could have explained on day one, because he's been a socialist his whole political career. So it's not like, oh, I never gave this any thought. The reason he hasn't come up with how this is really going to work. How to pay for it. How to pay for it, I mean, right. is because he would have to tell voters, remember, Walter Mondale in 1984 stood at the Democratic Convention and said, Ronald Reagan will say, we'll raise your taxes, but he won't tell you. I'll raise your taxes and I'll tell you. And Mondale lost 49 states. So, you know, that's the reality. The reason there is no explanation is because the only answer is we all have to be willing to pay more in taxes. That is the price of socialism. But it, a lot of countries say, wonderful, I'll pay more in taxes if we can have that kind of society. I don't know that America's there yet. That's all I'm saying. All right, well, let's, and by the way, and we're going to turn to some music here in a minute, something we love to do uh, in the final third of each of our podcasts. Let's make that a task, and it's frankly a, a, an easy task in the sense of finding out specifically where we can, Bernie Sanders' website, talking to surrogates, et cetera, something I'll do. I'll happily do it. What is the answer to the question, how could voters support your programs because of their costs? How do you pay? We'll find out. Does he say deep cuts in the military spending? I'm throwing out. I don't know yeah. this to be his answers. Is it reshuffling some other departments? Is it getting more money out of the business community through taxes? But let's find that out. Let's, let's vet it ourselves. And if we continue to come up with the answer, it's impractical and politically impossible, then we ought to keep saying it. But at any rate, let's bring forward the Whiskey Bent Valley Boys. They're from Pee Wee Valley, Kentucky. And we're real excited as they come in and get set up to hear these guys. By the way, they have a new record that's coming out in April. And you can find out more about them at whiskeybentvalley.com. And uh, I'm going to ask these guys to do a song and then hear a little bit about their backgrounds and who get some introductions uh, you guys good to go oh we're ready here we go the whiskey bent valley boys all right this song's called black eyed Susie. we figured jerry springer might know something about that one fired off boy
that's the Whiskey Bent Valley Boys. Those, you guys, that, that's got a lot of energy. And oh, yeah. uh, okay. somebody maybe do some introductions, please. I'll do the introductions. Right, right here on right the here. fiddle, lead singer and the fiddle player. He might look Amish, folks, but he's not. I guarantee you that. That's J.R. McFinnigan. Not that there's anything wrong with the Amish. Yeah. <laughs> His ancestors might be a little Amish, but he's not. Back there on the bass, that's old Leroy Jones. We call him High Water Jones. All right. And then, there we go. And I, myself, I played old claw hammer banjo. My name is Mason Dixon. All right. Hey. Hey, where's Pee Wee Valley, Kentucky, yeah, by the way? You know, that it's it's just right outside of Louisville, right between Lexington. Okay. And uh, you, have you guys been playing music together for a long time? or? Oh, yes, sir. As a, as a group? As, a, as us three, we've been playing together about seven years now. How did you come together? Did you know each other back in school? or? Well, it's actually pretty funny. His, his dad played with my dad, and they played nice. in a band, and they played an old-time, traditional wow. style of music. And we just kind of picked it up a little bit and then kind of put our own twist on it and a little moonshine on it, you know, yeah. whatever it takes. <laughs> nice, nice, nice. That's cool. And uh, you have a record coming out in April, right? Yes, sir. This will be our first record coming out on a record label. Yes. Woohoo. Uh, coming from Los Angeles, uh, Questionable Records. The album will be coming out uh, actually Derby Weekend. Derby nice. Weekend. Okay, could, would you do us another song? One more. We got one more for you. All right. You know, you know, in Kentucky, we got plenty of rabbits, you know? Sure. Sometimes too many to eat. Yep. But you just got to keep trying to get at them. So this song's called Run, Rabbit, Run. Run, 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 run
That's a whiskey bent Valley boys from Pee Wee Valley, Kentucky. That's good stuff, guys. Appreciate it. Hey, uh, could you take us out on Hootie Ledbetter or Led Belly's uh, Irene Goodnight? And uh, Jerry Springer's going to jump in on it with you. Y'all come back now.